Well, 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 hello and welcome into this week's episode of Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. I am your host today, Jake Adnip, with me down in Indianapolis, the great Sean Dwyer. How you doing? So we just had a pretty uh, pretty nice treat this afternoon, uh, Michigan versus Michigan State basketball. Uh, we're going to dedicate this episode to uh, that game and our kind of quick hit reaction uh, just after the game has ended and what we saw out of the Spartans and the Wolverines in their first of two matchups in the span of 13 days. Now, just to start off with, Michigan State won by seven points. Uh, gritty, grinded out win. No Nick Ward, no Josh Langford. Uh, there's a lot, there was a lot of questions going into this game, going into Chrysler Arena. But I think they showed a lot of uh, grittiness, a lot of toughness, a lot of heart in this game. I did not think that they were going to be able to hang with Michigan like they did. Uh, they never let them go on a run. And then when they took their opportunity, they held the lead. Now, uh, let's go kind of with like a big three, uh, three big things uh, format here, Sean. Uh, to start off with, what do you think was the biggest, um, biggest key for Michigan State and why they won this game? I think it was Cassius Winston finally, you know, for lack of a better phrase, manning up and playing a great game, matched up one-on-one with Xavier Simpson and finishing the game with 27 points and eight assists. Um, that's about as great as a game from Cassius Winston as I think he has played in a long time. Um, just one-on-one against a guy in Xavier Simpson who finished with 19 points, five rebounds, and two assists himself. So it was a great point guard-driven game. This is a, honestly one of the better game, college basketball games I have watched in a long time. But Cassius Winston getting over the hump in his career, having a great game against Michigan, I think was the leading force behind this win. Yeah, I mean, he is going to be the leading force behind every Michigan State win going for forward the rest of the season. Yeah, we yeah, both agree um, on that. I think that he he's going to be the difference maker. Without Nick Ward around, uh, the only way that Michigan State can win is if Cassius is scoring 25 points a game, which – No, I agree. Which is going to be hard uh, come tournament time, but I think that's what today did. Uh, I think today really showed that uh, this team has what it takes to win in the tournament against another top-10 team. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, this means all that much, but that's probably the hardest environment that they're going to play in the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, know, even even if they got to the Final Four, it's still not going to be as tough of an environment as it was just in the Chrysler Arena. I mean, that place was rocking for this game. It's a very great environment. Now, that, you know, with stars going into Chrysler and beating a top-10 Michigan team, First time that Michigan State has done that at Chrysler Arena since I believe it's at 1986. So, now this is a big uh, talking about getting that win on the road, and that really uh, boosts Michigan State's seeding chances, you know, coming up. But uh, now, what what do you think was the biggest thing for Michigan that they were able to, you know, stay in it? Kind of fell off. I think it was their three-point shooting. Even though they didn't have – they only shot 26.9% for the game. Um, late in the game, you know, those couple of late desperation shots from Poole, I think really made this game less than a 10-point game. I think if this game just goes out 
through fouls and free throws, Michigan State ends up winning by 10-plus. But um, Jordan Poole really put forth the effort in the last bit of the game. Um, he made those threes late to push this gap, to put a little bit of game pressure on Michigan State. And I think that coming out of the second half as well, Michigan put a lot of pressure on State and really pushed the, forced the issue. I mean, um, Iggy Brostakis with that dunk early in the second half forced Michigan State to call a timeout, forced us to kind of refocus our efforts. And I think that was a great play for Michigan. I think Michigan, even though they lost by seven, it was a much closer game than seven points. And yeah, Sean, you're right. This game did not feel like it was at any point seven or nine points. I I believe that was the largest lead that Michigan State had was nine points at any one given time just there at the end of the game. But either way, this game was – I mean, the tail of the tape was how many lead changes there were in the first 30 minutes of this game. A ton. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're talking about 13, 14, 15 of those boys uh, just flipping back and forth, back and forth, where neither team was giving an inch. And, you know, with how good of a defensive team the University of Michigan is, uh, I was really, really proud that Michigan State was able to just consistently put points on the board. Uh, there was a four-minute stretch in the first half when we were originally up 37 to 30 that they could not could not buy a bucket for a few minutes. That was the only time that they really had a slump as a team, uh, which turned out pretty well for the Spartans. I think that they did a good job of finding the lanes, and when Cassius got really deep under the basket, it opened a lot of things up. They double-teamed Cassius, I think, to almost to a fault on some of those switches uh, with the Wolverines. And he, of course, is going to find the open man or just somehow seem like he's going to jump and float in the air. Uh, he found it. He found a waiting Kyle Aaron's on one where he jumped out of bounds and was just floating through the air. And he goes, "Oh, here you go." So it it all turned out um, rather rather swimmingly. But the the couple big things for the Spartans was, um, you know, they had some big minutes from some young guys, but the young guys still aren't quite producing. If you ask me, um, they're there. They make a difference, but they're not producing. If that makes any sense. No, I agree. Um, when you look at the stats, Aaron Henry was one for three, um, two for two from the free throw line, which really impressed me because he's not been the most consistent free throw shooter, but he finishes the game with four points. Gabe Brown finishes zero points, um, a couple of minutes played, no rebounds, no assists, no points, no nothing. Um, Thomas Kithier, I think, played the best game out of all of the freshmen for Michigan State, finished the game one, one, one for one on field goals. Had a couple of rebounds, three in total. Had the two personal fouls, but I think he played great defense in there, um, kind of spelling Xavier Tillman with his four fouls and trying to give him the break and some relief from foul situation. I think Kithier played the best out of the freshman from Michigan State. Now, we want to talk about Tillman for a minute. The last couple of games since Nick Ward has been out, Tillman has really stepped up. We talked a lot about him when he was first coming into Michigan State and what type of athleticism he really has and you saw some of you know, some of those plays today where he, he only had to take one big step or was able to sidestep uh, a couple of the Michigan guys and make those really powerful plays. He went six for eight from the field. Um, he's been doing very, very well from right around the basket. I mean, taking a lot of notes from Nick Warren, it seems. I uh, saw a couple of hook shots in there. And, I mean, he's been a monster on the boards, too. He only had five today, uh, but he, he made a big difference. For them, I mean, Kenny, we had we Michigan State Spartans had 
four people score uh, more than 12 points, which is going to be a big deal uh, going forward without, you know, the 16 to 18 points that each Nick Ward and Josh Langford are good for uh, on any given night. Yeah, no, I would agree. And that was my next point I was going to bring up with you. Between Kenny Goins, Xavier Tillman, McQuaid and Winston, each of them getting more than 12 points is what I think we as a collective Michigan State fan base have been looking for since Ward went out. Um, Aaron Henry, Aarons, and Kithier combining for the seven points that they had was, I think, just extra money at the bank, in my opinion. Um, it would have ended up with a tie game without any extra points, but you're going to get them, so they're worth something. But the four starters, in my opinion, getting over 12 points, boosting their season averages in the wake of Nick Ward leaving the season as of right now has really been great for MSU. But going back to Rutgers and now with Michigan to where I have a little bit more confidence in Michigan State with Nick Ward being out than I would have had a week ago. Right. So it's pretty obvious that Cassius Winston was the player of the game. But you, you have to bring out a couple other performances both from from both sides. Like you noted, Xavier Simpson, he is one of those players who who always plays way up for the Michigan State game. Uh, he always yeah. – I mean, he only he's only averaging about eight points a game. He scored almost 20. He had 19 points today, uh, including five rebounds, being the smallest guy on the court. Uh, so much fire, so much intensity. Uh, he, he's very, very good on defense. And it just – it seemed like he was just attached at the hip uh, to Cassius Winston on defense. I mean, it was impressive to watch him be able to bounce around the floor and be – like, miss – dodging screens uh it seemed like he was at the three-point line then on the block the back out at the three-point line before you even you know knew here where he went so uh i was i was impressed with xavier simpson and you know i mean they used teskey and the mismatches very very well in the first half i mean i obviously didn't want to didn't get to use it as much as they wanted to but you know when when you have teskey matched up on kyle aarons or even aaron henry down low i mean you're gonna give that big guy that shot all the time, you want that shot all the time. <laughs> yeah, even even when he was mad, he think in the first half he even had a matchup against Cassius Winston in the first half, to where he just put up the bucket easily. Michigan State was switching, I think, too much in that first half off Teskey and Simpson ball screens, to where or Teskey and Pool ball screens or Temps Teskey and Matthews ball screens, to where Teskey was getting those favorable matchups. But the one guy I want to highlight from Michigan is, of course, um, Iggy Brasdakis. Finished the game with a borderline double-double, 16 points, nine rebounds. Finished the game with no assists, but he has been a bit of a provider for them. Um, He had a great game coming out of half for them. I think when he hit those three free throws early in the second half to put Michigan up by three, that was a big momentum boost for them. I think that kind of set the tone for the second half for a few more minutes after that segment to where Michigan was carrying the momentum. No, and that's the other thing is that even up until the end, Michigan was never out of the game. They had a shot to to bring it right back within striking distance because we've seen what they can do from deep. I mean, I was even surprised seeing Xavier Simpson hit a couple three-pointers, which doesn't happen very often. But either way, you know, they dared him to shoot from out there, and he did exactly that. And they uh, they played away from Michigan State's strengths uh, when they could. But, uh, you know, this game is going to be a 
slugfest in a couple weeks on March 9th. Yeah, when it comes back to Breslin, it's going to be, I think it's going to be the exact same start to the game that it was today. Just a back and forth game. And you're not really sure who's going to pull the momentum off when they're going to, but it's going to be worth watching for the full minutes of the game. And I think this was just a great game to me. I know Michigan State won, so I think it's more of a great game than I would have if they lost. But I really did think this was a great game through halftime, 39-37 at half. This was a great college basketball game. I think it embodies what a good college basketball game was. Yeah, yeah. let's just compare these teams a little bit uh, from, from today's game. Michigan State shooting 50%, 28 for 48. Michigan only shot 39.7%, 23 for 58. So they had uh, a, lot more re- a lot more shots, a lot more rebounds um, on the offensive side. Michigan had 13 offensive rebounds to only eight for the Michigan State Spartans. But uh, both teams shot terribly from the three-point line. That was one big thing. Uh, 25% from Michigan State and 26% from Michigan. I mean, both these teams can nail from outside, but that just wasn't in the cards today. Both teams went over today from in the second half from the three-point line. That's a whole half. That's a that's 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 tough to. I wouldn't I wouldn't have you know guessed that. That wouldn't have been one of my predictions for this game. Uh, that they would have no. had the trouble. Either team would have had trouble scoring the ball from the perimeter. Uh, but I definitely think. When they, they when they had to is when they made those big shots. I agree. Yes, they had 15 assists to Michigan six, so that had to be a big part of our offense was moving the ball around. And you notice trying to get those quick passes and baskets right up uh, from you know from Cassius Winston into Tillman. I had to toss it over a cop a couple times and then just had one step to the basket, which was nice. Uh, that made a big difference for. Uh, Michigan State in the basketball game. Now, what do you think uh, was the biggest glaring issue for the Spartans today? It was the offensive rebounds they gave up to Michigan. I think if Michigan State going forward is going to have a run at a Big Ten title, regular season or tournament title, they're going to have to shore up the offensive rebounds they give up. Um, According to Ken Palm, their ranking has gone down and down as Big Play 10 has gone and offensive rebounds allowed. And it's been a real problem for them the last few games. I think it it kind of reared up against Rutgers in the first half, but kind of disappeared in the second half. But today, you know, like you said, that 13 13 offensive rebounds they gave up to Michigan was big because Michigan did put some of those back four points. I think if Michigan State wants to really make a run, they have to shore up the offensive boards. All right, now – Beeline and Izzo had yet another fantastic showing from their teams, and especially, uh, you know, against each other. Very, very good coaching. You could see how well-prepared both of these teams were coming into the game by how back and forth it was in the beginning, by how many switches and how many uh, screens were laid. I mean, you saw a lot of of bouncing around uh, in this game, a lot of back and forth, from the three-point line down to the post, from the three-point line down to the post. Uh, and they had to keep their energy up. Both teams were prepared. And like you said, I thought it was a fantastic game. You can't really ask for anything better unless it was a three-point shootout, but that's always fun to watch. 
Yeah, it was a, an amazing game to watch. And I know that a lot of that is dependent on Michigan State winning for me, at least personally. But other, outside of that, it was a great game. You know, it was a back and forth a lot in the first half, back and forth a lot in the second half. And Michigan State just went on that run near the end of the second half and really pushed that lead out to, I think, nine at one point before Jordan Poole hit those couple threes to get them back relatively close near the end of the game. But this was an outstanding basketball game, in my opinion, and one that I will be watching again in the near future just because it was a great game. I got to take in some more notes so we can talk a little bit more about it or about it coming up and then the next game when they get to host them at home. Exactly. Now, big implications in this game, Michigan State now is sole proprietor, first place in the Big Ten, if I am not mistaken. But that does Correct. not – yes, but that does not mean that this game is no. – or this, you know, this season is even close to done with. Uh, not at all. Still have Michigan at the final game of the year uh, at home. Also, we still have one more game next week. Um, who, who do we play then? At Indiana, I believe, is the next game on the schedule. So, could be a trap game there. Uh, be got to be very careful heading down there. They've been, you know, they've been on a slide, but we already saw what happened, you know, last time we overlooked them. So uh, exactly. So definitely, uh, definitely a big game this coming week. But hope you guys enjoyed the game as much as we did. Is there anything else you know you wanted to add in there, Sean? Nothing else concerning this game, but there is one more thing I wanted to touch on before we ended this podcast was um, we touched on it last week in regards to our MLB podcast. Um, a couple of reports I have seen slide across my notifications on my phone and on the internet. This Ked Kimbrell is, uh, you know, kind of contemplating sitting out the entire 2019 season if he does not get the contract that he wants from an MLB team and I think that is just not going to be a good thing for him long term as he enters his um, his plus 30 plus years of his career Um, when he was 26 27 he had dominant years and he got that kind of giant contract and he moved on from the Braves but as of right now in your 30 plus years you don't really have the luxury of sitting out a year if really bouncing back from that. But I think Ked Kimbrell is really going to do a disservice to his career if he does sit out the end, the whole 2019 season. Well, I will just give you the other side of this. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world because just because he's a pitcher. Uh, I think it would be decent to have a good old break on your arm after, you know, 10 or 15 years of throwing every single day. Obviously, he'd still be in the gym and be still be doing his thing. But I don't think it would be the worst thing ever. Uh, also, I don't think it'll help lead to more free agents being signed. I think it will be a statement if he does it. You know, not having one of the best players, you know, play will, you know, it doesn't hurt the MLB because there's so many more people to, you know, watch and so many other kids to bring up and teams to, you know, put on your television. But in reality, uh, maybe it will push towards this new collective bargaining agreement in a couple of years. And, you know, I've heard a lot of grumblings from players about how they are not happy with how it's going. No, I, I hear the same thing. I think the MLB owners and GMs are really taking advantage of some of the rules right now and not signing guys like Bryce Harper is not signed right now. And spring training games have officially started. I think that's just a disservice to the game. I think it's a disservice to all of the teams that are involved in his sweepstakes. And one of the teams has to 
get him on a roster. I think the MLB is really doing damage to itself by, you know what, there's ML, NFL was talked about with collusion. There is collusion going on with the MLB right now and how much they want to offer certain players for certain deals. You know, Jose Iglesias, a former Tiger, just signed a minor league contract with the Reds. I, Jose Iglesias was not in the long-term plans of the Tigers, but he is not a minor league player on another roster somewhere in the MLB. These guys need to get their due and their money that they, they are owed in some cases. And I think it's just bad for baseball that all of these players who are minor league past that. They're past the minor leagues. They are major league roster ready, such as Jose Iglesias. They need to be on major league rosters right now. And I think the MLB is doing a very big disservice to themselves by not setting the market early and letting all of these big free agents go to free spring training before they're signed. And it's just not a good thing. I, I, I don't like it. Well, I can sympathize. But that is going to do it for this episode of Just Saying Sports. As always, we appreciate you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your grandma. Well, uh, <laughs> we're getting, we wouldn't get as many ears as we can. So uh, without further ado, my name is Jay Catnip. I am Sean DeWire. And we will see you for another episode of Just Saying Sports next week. See y'all.